Welcome back to the Red Iron Retail Roundtable. I'm your new host, Jeff Williamson, taking over for Jim Roddy. On the podcast today, we're playing Mythbusters, and we're going to debunk some common myths around cloud migration and data, hopefully helping retailers make better decisions when it comes to their technology. Joining us today are Jeff Patterson, CTO at Red Iron, with over two decades of experience. Good to see you, Jeff. Good to see you. And of course, Barry Egerter, Red Iron COO, with six years at the company and a wealth of knowledge in retail tech. Welcome back, Barry. Thanks, Jeff. Together, these two bring a unique perspective on cloud migration that you won't find anywhere else. And if you're not familiar with us at Red Iron, we're a systems integrator that helps retailers get the most out of their systems. Whether you're looking to implement a new system or update an existing one, Red Iron has everything you need for retail success. So tune in as we discuss strategies for navigating digital transformation and discover all the ways that Red Iron can help your business succeed. Head over to RedIronTech.com for more information about our services or follow us on social media for the latest retail news and updates. All right. It was recently announced, guys, that Oracle has been chosen by Uber to be their cloud storage provider, being awarded a seven-year contract. The agreement has Uber moving some of its most critical workloads to OCI while also collaborating on additional retail delivery solutions, including consumer last-mile logistics technologies. It is another mark on a long list of companies who are moving to the cloud or switching providers. But a question remains, why are so many retail companies have yet to make the move? Here at Red Iron, we work with many retailers trying to lift and shift their systems into the cloud or companies taking legacy systems to the cloud. And we hear a lot of misconceptions regarding the cloud in the early phases of the projects. Working with the cloud so frequently, we have come to learn many of these misconceptions as either pertaining to old cloud systems or to just plainly be fiction. So today we want to dispel some of these myths to help retailers make a better educated choice when deciding to lift and shift or enter the cloud for the first time. So to start us off, I want to go over the myth that when you move to the cloud, you lose control of your data. Jeff, could you open up the discussion and explain why this is or isn't true? Sure. Um, so first thing I'd say is that question um, carries with it an assumption that you currently have control of your data, which is often not the case. So, so where, we're, where, where we're starting from isn't a, you know, typically a tightly controlled sort of well-oiled machine. It is a you know, a history of evolution that has got you somewhere. And you might, your perception might be that um, you are further ahead than you are in terms of control over your data. So mm -hmm. I'd say, first of all, let, let's just make sure we all understand that where you're starting from doesn't qualify as control over your data. What I like about um, the discussion around moving data to the cloud is that it makes you be deliberate in this in this area. So a lot of a lot of times you can sort of move forward sort of with uh, unchallenged assumptions and without sort of um, coming back to basics in terms of you know what is my data, what do I own, where do I need that data to be, how can I make it available to my partners, mm -hmm. and if you're not making decisions around it, it's just sort of it's doing whatever it's always done and you know you're it's ad hoc and it's sort of um, you know you're maybe not leveraging fully what you can get out of that. So what you really should be thinking of is a fundamental approach to what data does my business need to run? Where should that be? How how um, current does it need to be for all my partners? And I think those sort of decisions help you then sort of start rationalizing where should that data be? And I think that um, 
once you sort of start attacking it with that mindset, the, the cloud makes a lot of sense because of its ability to be, you know, ubiquitous. And even even when you say lose control of your data, mm-hmm. what you're what you're letting go of is really just your comfort level that you know things have always sort of worked. And oh my God, what if I give this over to another organization? Maybe everything's going to go off the rails. And it's not that's not an unfounded fear. I mean, you have to be you know, you want to be very deliberate and thoughtful about your migration. But what I think you get out of this is sort of a full accounting of where my data is and where it's going. And that is hard to do unless you're being, you know, metered in terms of your data usage. So you don't see it. So it just sort of goes wherever it goes. And that's great because it's always done that. But what you're really missing out is the opportunities that that data provides you. Mm-hmm. It's not as binary as you have it one day, you move to the cloud, you lose it the next. It's, uh, it's right, a little exactly. more complicated than that. Right. Yeah. You probably didn't have it and you're not going to lose it, but let's go slowly and make sure that we're making good decisions at every step. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You're already sharing it with, with partners and vendors. And so and it, it's not in their best interest to to turn around and poke around and, and look into it too much. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was going to say the uh, you know the tendency uh, for most systems in the cloud is to be SaaS, and even a, a good SaaS product is going to have an import-export feature to get data in and out. And all you're doing in the cloud is is storing data somewhere else. Uh, so you know it's it's like Jeff says, you've still got the same data being used and being consumed uh, and transferred between systems. It's just in in a you know a cloud network as opposed to maybe an on-prem or somewhere else. So. You know, it doesn't really change the application data or the flow, Um, you know, as far as ownership goes, you should always be able to get to the data, you know, whether it's an extract or a transfer. Um, And if anything, it's more reliable because you're now on a a better system for uh, for for pipe and power. Uh, The storage uh, systems are always usually uh, triple backed up. So there's there's uh, replicas of of all the data across various uh, regions or or storage mm-hmm. systems. So there's it's probably in a better position in the cloud than it would be in a in a uh, custom solution anyway. Uh, so as far as the ownership and the management of the data, you know, cloud's just another location in, under which right. that data resides. So it really doesn't transfer an awful lot uh, unless you're moving to a whole different. Uh, application that's that's storing and driving that. In which case, yes, there's there's different rules of engagement. But uh, typically, as I say, you can get imports and exports of that data in those systems, uh, and the management and the storage of it's being taken care of either by a, a SaaS vendor or your own IT teams or your managed services teams looking after that. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, the one like, thing I would oh sorry go ahead. No, go ahead, Jeff. Just one thing I would add is I would strike the word probably in terms of the um, better infrastructure. I mean, for right. sure, unless, yeah. you know, if you've got a better infrastructure than a cloud provider, then you're not doing things right. I mean, you're spending way too much on your <laughs> on your IT infrastructure. And right. the way that manifests itself is typically, you know, in a, you know, disaster scenario where, you know, you, you're, you've got a scenario under which your on-premise fails and you've got nowhere to go whereas in cloud you know one of the things you're paying for is that resiliency so sorry go ahead jeff oh no i was just going to comment that i I liked barry's comment that where where you actually might be going when you decide to make a move might be better than than where you currently are yeah Mm -hmm. 
Okay, guys, thank you for that. Um, next myth I want to go over is that cloud computing is actually more expensive than in-house computing. Barry, do you want to lead us off with that one? And is that true or not true? So uh, this is the fun one because I think the answer is yeah. it could be, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, yeah, let's let's look at the example you opened up with about uh, Oracle and Uber, right? So you know, there's a lot of reasons why that deal would have been made. And you know, mm -hmm. one of the main ones would be uh, cost savings for Uber. So if they're planning a lot of growth or if they already have a fair number of systems in place that they're they're paying for uh, and that's that's expensive, then going to a cloud environment that is highly scalable allows you to have that future growth, but also keep the cost low per unit. Uh, mm -hmm. Then that's the kind of thing that they would be making a seven-year agreement for. You know, most systems these days, modern systems, are microservices based. Those are going to be highly scalable as you know compute power is is being consumed. Uh, those systems automatically scale out and consume more uh, hardware. And therefore, you're paying a unit cost for each of those environments that are running. Uh, so the more services you run, the more customers you can serve, but the more cost you're incurring. So those types of systems can be expensive, but it's all based on consumption, right? So mm -hmm. it's up to the vendors of the software and the application services to keep the, the components and the compute as thin and as light as possible to deliver those products and services. And then in the cloud, you have the option to grow or to shrink uh, as, mm -hmm. as demand happens, right? So, so I think when it comes back to talking about, you know, is it more expensive than in-house? Well, mm -hmm. think of in-house. If if you've got a, a data center that your team is managing, uh, you've procured some some hardware in the past. You've put in a, a rack of of equipment. You've done the networking, and you've got a team of people looking after it. Um, you don't have a lot of options for scalability. Right. You have right. to go and buy more hardware, install it, uh, reconfigure, you know, and then again, you'd have to sit and, and plan the next time that that's going to happen. And each time demand changes or the architecture changes, you have to adjust all that hardware and infrastructure. That's what the cloud does for you. Right. You're you're in a huge data center that's being professionally managed by a team of individuals that's fully dedicated to that environment and they're doing it in volume right and that's where the cost savings comes in from cloud because what you're doing as a one-off for yourself is is going to be more expensive to get specialized resources to look after it and dedicated resources in most cases uh, whereas in the cloud you're sharing the equipment and you're sharing the backbone the network and the security and those resources are being spread across consistent environments that they manage and maintain and you know things like system outages where they have to go and swap out some equipment that may be either outdated or starting to need some repair they manage all that seamlessly it's taken care of and from the mm -hmm. software perspective the the applications just get run on a different box while that happens so from a cost perspective you know you're you're paying for all of that behind the scenes and it can be more expensive simply because it's flexible Right. And I think the, the, the word of caution there is that if you're doing an, a, a like for like where you're taking an on-prem environment, you're putting it in the cloud, generally speaking, it's going to be more cost effective because of all those, those volume type situations that you're getting into in cloud. But in the cloud, you have the option of changing it really quick. So mm -hmm. it's like you're going shopping 
on the fly, right? Yeah. So you can you can click a button, say, give me more CPU, give me more RAM, more storage. Uh, let's multiply out the compute environments and and create a sandbox where we didn't have one before. So there's so many options that it makes it very flexible, but then there's the danger that because it's so easy to consume, you, you might end up paying more just by doing the, making those choices. So it still requires some planning and some thought. It still requires you to be you know, uh, very efficient with what you're deploying and how you're architecting it. Uh, but that's something that you work out with your vendors, uh, with your managed services providers, and anything you're doing proprietary, you wanna make sure that's all factored in. Yeah, it it depends. Seems like it's always the uh, the the right answer for that kind of thing. Um, so it seems like you know agility, scalability seem to be the the sort of primary benefits. Do you think that the myth might stem from like almost like a sticker shock? Like you might think, well, we own these systems, we own this data center, that we paid for this software. Um, you know, now I've moved it to the cloud, and all of a sudden I'm getting a bill for this stuff that I I already owned. And, you know, that's just kind of, I've already accepted, you know, heating, power, and cooling as sort of the, you know, costs that just kind of exist under the hood and I've forgotten about. Um, and now I'm, all of a sudden, I feel like I'm repaying for all this software, but, yeah. That's the hard part, yeah. I think Jeff yeah. and I have done uh, a short discussion on this in one of our earlier uh, podcasts is that it's like a car purchase, right? Um, yeah. I'm always caught in my family in the argument of uh, lease versus buy, right? And yeah. in the cloud, you're leasing. Right. So if you've got an on-prem environment, you're buying. And mm -hmm. yes, that's a one-time cost. You you put that up front, you get everything in place and you're good for a while. But eventually the repair bills come, right? You got to get under the hood and do something in the engine. So, <laughs> you know, when it comes to uh, lease versus buy, it's an upfront for the for the buy model. And then I can understand how someone would feel like, oh, this is gonna be more expensive if I'm paying month after month after month. But the reality is, it's like I said, you're getting the latest and greatest of everything all the time. Yeah. So the, the cloud providers are upgrading their security systems, they're upgrading their networks, they're upgrading the hardware to new models. You know, there's there's things that are, it's it's all under warranty, of course. So they're, they're taking care of all that. So there's a, there's an awful lot of uh, sort of uh, debates I guess you could have around you know which model is best, but in any case if you buy a system yourself and you're not leasing in the cloud, then you're stuck with that hardware until you know you make another decision. So you're going to have to live with that, and if anything changes around you, which we know the world is always changing, yep. uh, you're not going to be able to keep up. Mm -hmm. The other uh, the other thing to consider, especially in retail, in that you know, in its cyclical nature, is you know, you're you're you've got to always pay. So if, you know, if you're buying a car, you got to buy the you know six passenger van if you're if that ever is going to be the case. But most of the year, you're driving around you know you and your wife. So the 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 issue with with that is that you know if you're if you're buying, you have to buy for your your busiest day. And if you're on the web, that can, you know, that can be ameliorated. And what you want to do once you get to the cloud is start squeezing out all your overhead costs so that what you get to is a unit cost. So ideally, everything scales and what you're paying for is just exactly what you need to execute the interactions that are being driven through that. But, you know, that's a that's a journey. Um, but it, mm -hmm. the, the mechanics of the web 
permit you to start exploring those options and, and rationalizing your costs so that they better correspond to your revenue. Mm-hmm. A great analogy, the van versus the mm-hmm. and the amount of passengers in it. I love that. Right. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, let's move on to the next question. Um, a concern and myth that we hear often is that there's always greater latency among cloud applications, meaning they are slower than in-house networks. Why is that the case, Jeff? Or why is that not the case, Jeff? Yeah, I was going to say that 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 <laughs> is the, in, in your characterizations that you started out front with. Uh, this one will go into this is a pure myth. I think I think where people mm-hmm. get hung up is just that you know it, it's when you've got an on-premise network, your your network is not is is provisioned, you know, on on purchase and it has the capacity that it does. The uh, cloud networks can be extremely fast. It's just that it's metered. You have to pay for it. So if you just go in with a without a thoughtful provisioning around your networking, it can be slow, but there is nothing yeah, inherent to the cloud infrastructure that makes it slow. In fact, you know, once you're in the cloud, you can use uh, you can use like re- regional CDNs, and you, there are there are tools that can lower your latency beyond anything that you could do in an on-prem. Plus, you know, just if you have a um, application that needs high bandwidth across the boundary, and we'll talk about the difference between you know in cloud and across uh, the cloud boundary, um, then you can pay for it. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it's certainly it's certainly back to rationalizing what do you need, how much data are you moving, where is it moving to, um, but also you know within your within your cloud compartment your latency can is is zero it's just like a data center now if you have multiple data centers or you're trying to attach your data center to the cloud or inter-cloud environments then you do have to do some networking um, configuration that will allow for a low latency connection but again the the assumption that the cloud is slower is incorrect the um what I would what I would say is that you know again with with every cloud decision you just have to be deliberate you have to make sure you're understanding what is the latency need where do I need to provision my resources etc but I would say that the it, the uh, conception that the cloud is somehow slower is is incorrect and you know you watch you you see what you look around and you see cloud hosted applications that are performing perfectly well across the world and so obviously that that can't be the case right it just it just has to be thoughtful deliberative um, uh, application of resources mm-hmm. chances are if you've made investments in your own data center and your own applications that run in there they're they're probably no match for the computing power in, in a large provider if you were to go with them in the cloud right absolutely not yeah. right and I would say that you, you, almost all the services we use ourselves on a daily basis on our phones, on our TVs, these are all cloud powered in the background, right? So mm-hmm. if, if you're worried about performance, just think about that. Think about the volume of people consuming at every stage of their day. You know, mm-hmm. from the minute people wake up to the time they go to sleep, they're using cloud compute on a daily basis. And right. um, and it is a big pipe, right? I mean, the the cloud providers put in the, the fastest fiber, the fastest networks between them, uh, and and like Jeff says, it's, it's again, it's a choice. I could easily go into the cloud and provision myself a compute instance, and uh, and choose something that's really affordable, but it's going to come with uh, a, a really throttled environment, right? And it's just allocating virtually a portion of the pipe, 
-hmm. and there's always an option to go up the scale. So if, right. if you need it, it's there. And that's, again, that's the flexibility of the cloud versus uh, some other scenario where you, you kind of pre-purchase the hardware, the network cards, the, the cabling, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's a fixed environment. Whereas cloud is just choose choose which of the uh, the dedicated hardware you want to use and uh, and just pay your portion. Yeah, a couple of good points there. The pipe, the pipe is huge. A lot of uh, definitely a lot of our favorite services that we use are all running on cloud. And if you think of lots of the ones you use, like your Netflix and whatever else, you know, how often do those services actually go down or or work slowly? Right, not very often. Yep. And now you hope that the Uber cars are going to know where they're going all the time as well. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. This conversation. I mean, we're yeah. in three different locations yeah. being recorded right. and tra transcribed and video. It's all, yep. It's all cloud-based, yep. Yeah, good point, Jeff. And yeah, as long as Uber can keep bringing me my my food and get <laughs> to the right location and, and quickly, then uh, then that's good with me. All right, let's move on to the next question. Um, one that we hear sometimes is that you do not need your IT team when you move to the cloud, which is simply not true. Why is this not the case? Barry, would you please start us off? Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, and IT is still there. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, this is just like you say, putting compute in a different location. So um, from a retailer's perspective, you still got a lot of store systems and other in-house systems that you're going to be working with. IT is still necessary for that. Hopefully, you know, if you're working with a provider uh, that has a managed services offering, or like I said before, a SaaS mm -hmm. product, then ownership of the of that particular part of the equation can go to that team, and you would offload that responsibility. So it's it's not eliminating an IT team; it's refocusing an IT team, right? right? And and from for retailers, you really shouldn't be focusing a lot on IT. And I think in a lot of cases, they're not not willing to pay for a lot of IT services either, right? Because it's a right. cost. So mm -hmm. uh, so it's nice to have something like a cloud environment or managed services provider that offloads that responsibility. It does not eliminate the need for uh, other uh, IT purposes. It just reduces the scope of responsibility. Um, the other thing that I would say is, you know, the cloud dashboards and the cloud consoles have an awful lot of tooling available that would otherwise not be available to you. Uh, you'd have to go and purchase custom systems or monitoring applications. Uh, the dashboards and consoles do an awful lot uh, that would otherwise require an IT professional uh, to help you out with. So there's a lot of benefits to working with that kind of thing. And, and in our case, when we're working with the cloud, we also find in a lot of cases the retailers will uh, but take a product like we offer and put it into our tenancy where we own and manage that software, but they'll also create another tenancy for the retailer and put their own proprietary workloads in there. And then their IT teams and the cloud provider combine their efforts on that tenancy. So it all depends on the workload, but certainly when you're talking about brick and mortar stores, uh, there's going to be a, a need for an IT team to focus on those. You absolutely still need your IT team, but it's a way to sort of offset some of the responsibilities. I like right. that. I think if you're if you're a retailer, you know your thing is you should your focus should really be on you know what's the next batch of merchandise coming out that I'm going to sell. Right. How right. can we you know what kinds of you know functions and, and features can we add in to help do a better job of that and be a little less focused on on some of the IT aspects of it. It also um, you know it reduces the so. 
a lot of retailers have the guy, you know, he's been around forever and he knows all the right. in-house IT systems and yep. you're always, you know, waking up in a sweat, is the guy going to go, going to leave me and I'll be caught. Whereas that that's much less so um, if you're in a, in a cloud environment. So it does sort of change people's roles. It, it, it's impacting the IT group for sure, but it, but yeah. you know, it doesn't eliminate it. It's like when once you lease a car, you still you still take it for oil changes and stuff. It's like, oh no, it's a lease, uh, it's whatever. <laughs> it, you know, you still have to you still have to you still have to maintain your investment and make smart decisions. And that's sort of more the role of IT then is sort of being your, you know, they're 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 pro- protecting your investment, making sure that everything is running as as expected, and helping you make strategic decisions rather than the day-to-day making sure that you know everything's running i'm at a point with my car where i wish it was a a lease it's at the five-year mark where it's starting to (laughs) to fall apart and i wish it was Mm. a lease and i could just swap it in ditch it right yeah it's a good point i you know waking up in in a sweat worried about you know is the one guy that understands all this stuff gonna mutiny or or leave us and i'm gonna be left kind of holding the bag to try and figure it out if you if you've moved to the cloud you know you've got how many guys? Mm-hmm. You got a bunch of guys that you know know how that typically sort of works and operates and can can keep things going for you. Yeah. Yep. Okay. The fifth and final myth we want to cover today is one that a large number of retailers have, which is that cloud is less reliable than on-premise systems. Dealer's choice. Why don't you guys fight over who wants to take this one first? Well, I could start. That's fine. All right. <laughs> Um, I'm just thinking in general, um, I'm not sure where that myth stems from, right? It's it's a, it's probably a, a lack of understanding, right? Uh, because as we've said, the cloud is a professional environment where, you know, it's, it's really well managed, it's dedicated systems, dedicated resources. Um, uh, the reliability probably comes in the nervousness about the network and, you know, how how long is this going to be up and running versus if it was in-house and I can keep my eye on it. But it's the same challenge, right? I mean, there's there's outages for various reasons. We've seen, you know, where where lines have been cut through construction. We've seen where there's accidents at a data center, a fire, or something. Yeah. Uh, with cloud, there, there's built-in resiliency. There's there's multiple data centers in a region. There's multiple regions across the country. There's multiple countries available, and and it's all networked together. So depending on, again, how, how your infrastructure choices are made in those environments, um, you can take advantage of that and make it extremely reliable and fault tolerant. You could not spend the money on that and put everything in a single location, in which case you're no worse off than you are in your own data center, right? If there's a mm-hmm. disaster at the only location you're running it, you're gonna have the same results. And I would say from a network perspective, like we said before, there's hosts of people just ready to go and try to take care of that uh, in mm-hmm. a cloud environment versus the guy <laughs> or the, the person <laughs> the that's guy. working for you, you know, as a as a, a, a specialist. So uh, I think, you know, the the less reliable thought process is, is, is just a myth just because of nervousness and the fact that, OK, I don't I don't have it, uh, something tangible that I can go and see and touch and, and, and own whereas it's just virtual, right? So mm-hmm. it's probably stems from just a, a general thought around, you know, I don't, I don't know where it is and how it's, how it's running, so I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. I also wonder if that, because um, I had the same hesitation when I read this, it's like, hmm, I don't really understand where that would 
derive. But the what what I thought of is maybe maybe the issue is just you know sometimes if you have an application running and you know your environment has been built up over the years and then you move it to the cloud you've missed stuff and so your application becomes less reliable because there are parameters mm -hmm. that were running previously that you haven't provisioned in the cloud so maybe it does run out of memory maybe it maybe you upgraded the surrounding um, you know OS and and infrastructure without having fully tested the application so the application you know struggles to perform on the on the cloud hosted but I would say that that's a you know that again we're back to you know deliberation you know it you have to everything you do in terms of moving to the cloud you should be you know very cognizant of all the little bits that are that have lived in your environment up to this point and make sure that they persist or have a or have a coverage in some way in your cloud environment so perhaps that's where that comes from and someone just takes an application that's running in their data center just buy some compute instance host it on the cloud it's like you know check some boxes and it doesn't run well it's like well the check the boxes part you should really sort of focus on and make sure that you're doing that all correctly because right. it is it is terribly important and and it is the case that it you know it is one of the advantages of being in the cloud is everything is in your face i know exactly what i'm running on whereas in a on-prem environment it's like well it's running on the stuff and it runs fine sort of thing it's, it's less often the case that i get an itemized bill for every single you know every right. single piece of resource I'm using, and so it, some things can become just you you lose track of exactly what your purchase history has been, and and maybe I made this decision for a particular reason, and I should maintain it or make sure that it's accounted for when I move to the cloud. So that one's simply not true. There's actually there's many benefits in moving to the cloud when it comes to reliability and also things like disaster recovery. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that covers all the myths we wanted to go over today. So thanks for tuning into this episode of the Red Iron Retail Roundtable, where we debunked common myths of cloud migration. Our two panelists, Jeff and Barry, shared their insights and experiences, giving you an in-depth look at how cloud migration can be beneficial to your business. By properly understanding and managing cloud migrations, retailers can expect improved efficiency, reliability, and cost savings, as we just covered. For more information regarding Red Iron's cloud solutions, solutions visit our website, redirontech.com. Our team of experts are on hand to help you with any questions you might have about how your retail business can best take advantage of, the, of a cloud environment. For those who wish to stay up to date on all things related to the retail industry, you can follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter at Red Iron Tech. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to click the subscribe button, I think down here or maybe over here so that you never miss an episode. We hope that this podcast has provided you with insight into how retailers can make use of the cloud for their business needs. And we look forward to having you join us for future episodes of the Retail Roundtable. Thank you very much. <laughs>